The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I am Lindsay Levinson and I am your host. We're at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, and we're on voiceamerica.com, the Variety Channel. So there's a lot of exciting things happening right now on this show and future shows and even past shows, and it's kind of starting to all tie together, so um, I am really excited to talk to you about it. I want to just do my basic invitation and request, please, keep following us. Your support has just been fantastic, and that's on Illuminating Now, which is Facebook, at sign Illuminating Now, which is Twitter, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Those are four words all together, no spaces. Feel free to contact me there or just go do some research on different subjects. But I, I'm glad to do a Skype session. I'm glad to do any session, even on the phone, for 20 minutes at no charge to talk through anything you might have interest in. And your response to our recent thread on Facebook. Now, that thread was launched after Trace Levinson was on the show. He was talking about being a writer and going on a mission to find lots of answers on how to live a happier and more authentic life. And traveling gives us answers. It may not be the answer to what we're going to do, but there's a lot to be found in traveling. So he did say that he would do that for us. If you do want to contact him, and many people are, it's t.levinson at yahoo.com. And while you have your pencils out, take down today's guest site, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Chile, spelled C-H-I-L-E, retirement, all one word, dot com. So because of that thread that Trace and we launched about being happy, we asked you, is what do you think stands in the way of your happiness? And we said that we would pick winners, meaning people who we felt really offered something very insightful, very poignant, very valuable that we could share as kind of collective wisdom together. So we will be naming some of those. There was such an extraordinary response, and I will give you credit. Your answers were really, really significant. So we're going to split it between two shows. And by the way, as I tell you about our guest, Mika Douglas, today, I'm going to talk to you about that. This will be a two-part series that Mika is going to do with us. So the names of the winners will be released throughout this show, and again, a continuation of those names. There were so many that we're going to name their answers and their specific names. So just hang with us um, for both of these shows to hear what happened. I want to just tell you also that we have recently launched a new Facebook uh, thread, and that's why I said there's a lot of exciting things going on. So I'm about to introduce our guests, but I want you to know that the thread we just launched is about engaging Mika Douglas. So 
different people, as Mika will tell you, have started companies. And, you know, I bring a lot of experts onto the show that know their thing. But when you have a chance to go onto Facebook and talk on a thread and talk to experts and there's no charge for you and you can ask anything you want or you can say, would you please bring this up on next week's show? Or I'd like to, you know, hear answers to these five things. Uh, it's very valuable for you to use this opportunity, which is the Facebook thread that is now posted. So please take a look at that. I read Mika's bio last week, but for those of you who might have missed it, or just to recap, Mika is retired. She's living in Renaka, Chile, a small community town on the beach. She is with her husband, Bobby Anderson. They left the USA about seven years ago and went to the beaches of southern Thailand and Bangkok. She's going to talk about that. She wanted a simpler life. She wanted to leave behind complexities of North America and much of what can drive you crazy. And she feels that their mission has been accomplished with what they've done. And she is just a huge evangelist and with tremendous passion, her and Bobby, about the company ChiliRetirement.com. This is a startup business. It helps people retire, whether it's to Chile. It could be other places because they are mastering their skill so that it can be applied other places as well. But they are absolutely, you know, the gurus of the Chile retirement uh, segment. And that's immigration, helping you with immigration, with healthcare, uh, housing, where are you going to live? How do you learn the language or should you know the language? Getting settled in a new culture. Who will be your neighbors? Introductions, um, choices, offices, businesses, things that are just overwhelming if you think about moving or even traveling international. So, Mika and Bobby have set up this company to make this easy. It's not a travel agency. It's a lifestyle agency of change. If you would like a change in your life and you'd like the chance to even test it, they can help you. So I'm excited to give you that bio, and I'm really excited, Mika, for you to be on the show. And I would like to introduce our guest today, Mika Douglas, and say thanks so much. You're in Chile, and you're on the show, and that's so great. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Lindsay. Glad to be here as well. Yeah, it's a story about you and Bobby and leaving the U.S., moving to Thailand about six, seven years ago. And, and so I want to kind of use the story as a backdrop of a spiritual awakening because it's, it's really pretty deep what, what, how this all comes to be and what it all means. Um, it all started with a realization that your life wasn't full. And I know that our listeners can really possibly use some of your techniques to truly change their own lives. So can you tell us your life wasn't full? What does that mean? Can you tell us about that? Yes, Lindsay, thanks. Um, well, my situation was probably very similar to um, most most everyone. Um, I had what I called a normal life. I had a nice house. I had um, two cars. I took a month vacation, usually a cruise every year. Um, I made almost $200,000 a year. So I considered myself a high achiever. I had a realization though um, when I was 58 years old a few years ago that um, I had very little to show for my effort. Um, I was giving up relationships because I was compelled somehow to work long hours, maybe 10 or 12 hours a day. Um, so trying to live this American dream, I started my own business which was designing upscale kitchens and bathrooms and um, and it was quite successful. The last job I did was actually around $500,000. So that's achiever-ish. You're being an achiever and you start something of your own. And that's an American dream, starting something of your own. And you make clearly a pretty big ticket off of that. It sounds like it could be a great life that you're starting to design. But was it? 
Well, maybe. Um, but I say that, that it was based on society's definition. Um, I wasn't happy, you know, personally. I realized that money could buy things to make me happy. And I might be happy when I bought that new car or new clothes. Um, but this was short-lived. I didn't handle money very well. Um, and I recognized this. I, I kept spending in order to be happy. It was, it was very addictive. Very addictive. Very true. Such an issue for us. Money is a challenging concept. It's a challenging entity. Um, you know, it can clearly be a gift. I mean, we all would like money. I know for myself, money to me, I always associate it with freedom, freedom to choose. It takes some money to be able to maybe take that plane flight or to, to do something to go visit someone or to just whatever, have life balance. So somehow it's associated with freedom, and if I could just, if freedom was associated to magic dust and we could go, you know, and just get that, I'm not sure I'd need the money. But, um, you know, what was a challenge for you? Where were the challenges then in not, you know, you, you're feeling kind of an addiction to spending the money. So where's the challenge? What do you do with that challenge? Um, well, I actually looked as, at money as um, not for its freedom, but actually it enslaved me. Um, you know, the, the notion that I needed money in order to be happy was, was very restrictive to me. So I was given this formula for success um, from, from birth and early childhood. And my family and um, friends and so forth, they define what society expected of me um, and what constituted success. And, and these things were money, um, the amount of money, my address, you know, what neighborhood did I live in, what size right. house, the car that I drove, um, my job title. All of these things were way too important in my life, and this is what I was feeling. Um, they were superficial, and I didn't. Uh, they didn't lead to happiness, at least for me. Yeah, I think that's interesting because this comes up on a number of our shows, and I sort of put it into the category of, and it's a category of compartmentalization, which compartmentalization is category. So, you know, I think that what we drive, what we do, what our title is, what money, what job, what our kids, you know, we have all these different criteria that we look at each other, judge, and then decide, you know, if somebody's doing well or not, and then we judge our own selves. So I, I think that you know, materials, compartmentalization, it's a huge issue. So how, how does this develop for you? Um, well, I'm looking at things in retrospect. I mean, things were developing um, kind of, they kind of took their own course in my life. But I was becoming more aware of situations that in my life that were unacceptable. And the first was that my time um, became much more precious to me. I was resenting the time that I spent doing busy work in my everyday life. And um, an example of busy work uh, would be, you know, the cell phone company. Um, that was a big one for me. I was somehow compelled to call customer service every week and wait on hold. And I had to report the drop calls and disconnect calls. And I wanted some credit for that. And you know, more than the money, it wasn't about the money. I wanted to be treated like a valuable customer. And um, I'd been with them for many years. What I got was resistance. And they put up levels of credit approvals in order to dissuade me from calling. Um, and that's what, that's my experience with customer service. It didn't feel good. 
Right. I can so feel that pain. Oh my gosh. Especially with cell phone companies. I, boy, that's a big one for, for me and uh, many members of my family. Um, but a lot of service, you know, a lot of service industries and people we deal with that service us in different ways. Um, we face this and we, we waste so many cycles. So we waste what I call cycles on these issues, making those phone calls, getting that credit, getting service, getting someone to care. And wasting cycles really can just be translated into wasting precious time in the only life you have. You only get one life. And we actually are using cycles, time in that life to do this, talk to the cell phone company. So it gets, it gets pretty tough to handle. So what do you do next? Well, we had an experience. My fiance and I moved in together and we wanted to merge our cell phone plans. So we went to AT&T in in Sacramento and we took a number and eventually we had an agent um, come to help us. And um, I was looking for value. I wanted to analyze these plans and come up with the best value for me. And I still have this vision in my brain that um, there, we were sitting at a table and there were dozens of pieces of paper with drawings and arrows and figures and um, defining all of these plans. And I remember saying out loud, you know, why does it have to be this, this complicated? Um, you know, it's just <laughs> wasting my time. Right. And by contrast, when we moved to Thailand, um, we bought cell phones for uh, $10 each at a local store and the clerk there programmed these phones for us. We walked into a 7-Eleven and um, in Thailand, there's 7-Elevens on every corner. So they were very available. We bought $5 of credit. The cashier added it to our phones <laughs> and, you know, we were in business. Um, you know, I, uh, this decision to detach from material possessions was going on inside of me already. And I could have bought an iPhone and, um, and you know, a killer plan, um, but I chose not to. I was committed to change my habits of buying the best and buying often. Very, very interesting. So you chose a si- simpler, you know, you're already starting to choose a simpler life. That whole story with the, with the phone and the simplicity of how that got launched and less time-consuming things, uh, better customer service, ultimately leading when you're looking for an easier life and the energy to enjoy your life. And by starting with simplicity and not having to have the most and the best, you're, you're going more minimalist, which creates for a better life. Is, is that true? Yeah, that's, that's right on. Um, to me, it wasn't about price. Um, it was about value. And customer service is a big part of value. And it seems to be slipping away in the U.S. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the U.S., um, maybe, I don't know what their motivation is, what company's motivation is. It could be to make a bigger profit. But in Thailand, what I was experiencing was that it's all about the relationship. It's not about profit or money first. And um, I can think of a story to maybe exemplify this. Tell us. Uh, yeah, you know, I was, I was walking. Um, I did a lot of walking instead of driving in Thailand. I was walking uh, to a store and my sandal strap broke. And I was in front of a car dealership. And so my plan was to go into the car dealership and ask for some tape. I was going to tape the sandal onto my foot 
so I could get to a store and <laughs> get a new pair of sandals. Yeah. And um, what happened was that um, this young man took me inside an air-conditioned office. He sat me on a, a couch in front of a big screen TV, brought me ice water, and told me that he would be back in a little bit. And so I just was uh, enjoying myself. In about 20 minutes, this young man came back with a big smile on his face and presented me with the sandal that had been restitched and looked like it was brand new. <laughs> I was inclined to, you know, to give him the other one. So, it <laughs> but, um, you know, just an incredible contrast. Right. Right. So, I mean, you're noticing that, you know, the, the service is important, the relationship, someone cared that your sandal was broken, and just the time, like that kind of time you can spend, someone actually cares about you and is doing something for you. So, that's, you know, that's something that you're starting to be able to do some contrasting with how good that feels. So, what else comes up for you? Well, I was noticing that I lost the value of the unexpected. Um, what I mean by that is that I was always assume I always assumed a worst case scenario, and I tried to be on my guard and ready. And I was conditioned to be this way. I didn't consider myself a negative person um, by any means. Just I was prepared, and um, I was I was always ready for the imminent fight. You know, to to get my credit return or whatever it was, and that really takes away from being transparent and genuine. If we're always jockeying for position with one another, we can't possibly develop the deep and meaningful relationship. So I think that's really key. I think we talk a lot about that on this show, but relationships are where joy can be found. I say that slowly and I articulate it clearly. Relationships, they're where the joy can be found. Now, relationships with ourselves, really critical. Relationships with others, really critical. And I think that you're right. I even am the kind to always have a contingency plan and, you know, make sure that there's a backup plan if that one doesn't work. But I do think it pulls us out of presence. It pulls us out of the, the ability to be present in a moment if you've got your other five plans you're thinking about and certainly transparency. You've got things you're, you know, be a backup plan not everyone else sees. So being in relationship and living in the present with transparency means you have to let go of some of that stuff. So good for you. So you know, what happens after you start to realize relationship is what's really key? Um, well, my, fi- my fiancé told me that I was becoming more empathetic during this period of time. Um, this was in part due to the involvement, U.S. involvement in the Iraq war and sending our young people um, to fight. And I just couldn't rationalize, I kept talking about this, couldn't rationalize that we were going to another war um, when we had, you know, some 46 million people living in poverty. So I was really feeling this pain. So that's a big, that's a big thing to be thinking about. It's a big realization and feeling the pain is hard. So what do you do with that? Well, uh, you know, these things were leading up to a critical decision to me. Um, this is one of conformity so I had a choice. I could sell out my values and, and um, my search for a meaningful life, um, or I could decide to change. And um, I didn't like that hollow feeling that I was having, you know, that led to unhappiness. So 
I was going to change my life. So how do you do that? How do you just change it? I'm picturing the listeners out there. I'm going to change my life. So what did you do and how do you do it? Well, it's, it's incremental. Um, but it, I think it's about unlearning the things that, that were making me unhappy. And, you know, one day there was a trigger. One day my, my fiancé told me about um, a common belief among religions and philosophers that our only job in life is to remember the infinite wisdom of our soul, knowledge that we already have inside of us and, and that of our surroundings. And I kept thinking about this, and I, I thought about intuitive moments in my life and how accurate they seemed to be. Um, this led me to try to trust this inner wisdom, and it actually was a relief. It took a lot of pressure off. Instead of trying to analyze the details of my life and trying to control everything, I learned to trust my instinct. And um, I believe that if I followed this, this intuition about important things, my mistakes would become less significant. If I made a mistake, um, I wasn't that concerned about it. I ultimately, you know, learned some lesson and got back on track. So this was real progress. Um, my attitude, I think the important, important thing is that my attitude became very positive and no longer expecting the worst scenario. So that does feel like a relief, which is what you said. I mean, to not expect the worst scenario, you know, it's to let, because expecting that creates fear, and fear stifles us in so very many ways. And so in what you're talking about here, you're choosing hope to look toward the future rather than fear to be a blockade in what decisions you'll make. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. That's right. When I faced, when I was faced with situations, all that I I did was simply question whether that thought was something that was conditioning from my past um, or was it still true? Did I still believe it to be true? And if it didn't fit, I threw it out. Can you give me an example? Tell me something that you're talking about. What would you throw out? Um, Sure. Um, Well, whenever I met somebody, I always tried to, to size them up. Uh, I could almost feel my brain racing, trying to categorize them, put them into some um, compartment so that I knew how to act. And maybe this was about control, um, not sure. Um, but I questioned this behavior, my behavior, and I realized that the, although the brain is miraculous to make all of these assessments almost instant, instantaneously, It was, in fact, prohibiting me from any true connections. And so I I stopped this behavior. Um, At least I I had the desire to stop it. And when I met somebody, I presented myself as genuinely as I could. I I was fully present to receive them and to converse with them. It was about them, not me. That was the the difference. So what happened? What happened was it it was enormous. Um, By putting down my guard, there was some kind of energy transfer or some kind of magic going on where people wanted to be my friend. Um, My relationships were, um, they weren't utilitarian to serve me. Um, They started to be based in love and respect. And moreover, the relationship seemed deeper and more meaningful to me. 
I mean, this sounds like a whole nother show, which luckily, as I mentioned in the beginning, we have a part two of this series. So it would be good to integrate some of this because um, relationship and, and respect and, and, and presence and depth of how deep you can go in relationship, what you're talking about, the magnetism of one kind of energy pulling in that back to you. Um, it, it's, it's really wonderful, and I think we should talk more about it. What do you, what's the basis for this? I mean, how do you, what do you think is the concept here? I, I really think that this is the essence of love, um, relationships um, with everybody that we meet that aren't based on judgment or prejudice or some superiority. Um, this is, it's easy to do for a minute to meet somebody and, and, you know, treat them without judgment. It's more difficult over a longer period of time, um, but it is achievable. In Thailand, people put love into action. It's not just a word. The relationship comes first. I love that statement. Put love into action. I like it. And, and, and I felt that when I was in Thailand. And mine was just, you know, visiting. But I absolutely felt it. Um, and, you know, I was there with my son, Trace. And I mean, 16 days, there wasn't a day we didn't feel that. So... You know, I wonder why are people so different in Thailand or what's the difference? Do you have another example? We have just a couple of minutes before break, but I, I'd love to hear another. You know, you lived there. So tell me something else about what, what makes this life different that feels different. Well, there were, there were lots of experiences that kind of illustrate it. Um, but a short one would be in crossing the street in Thailand. It's not uncommon for somebody um, to reach out and grab your hand and hold on to you. I mean, this is pretty deserting <laughs> when you first arrive. Um, but this is a safety thing built into the culture. Um, the instinct is to take care of others. And here I was, you know, a different color, and um, it, it was still so strong um, that, that people would grab my hand and just out of protection, trying to protect me. Um, in, in a group, and it's prevalent everywhere. Um, so I found this to be so innocent and endearing. It's a different perspective of life and what's important. That is a different perspective, and it, it sounds like it would offer such a, such a great life, so much warmth around you when you realize that people are really, like you said, putting love into action. That just has so much merit in what could bring us all to such a better place. And I, um, you know, I really, I want to continue to hear more about not just Thailand, but again, this transition that I know people are so interested in. I want to tell you all, um, we talked about naming some of the winners and we're going to travel through by doing that. I'm going to go ahead and just name one of them and tell you that Jewel or Julie Hand, this was in connection to the contest, what stops you from being happy? She answered the amount of time actually left over from regular day obligations. And I think that's really critical. Julie makes a very great point. Our daily obligations leave us depleted and with no time to pursue what might be our real dreams. But I just want us to remember, we created our own life that put those obligations into our life. So we can actually change it and we can make time for our dreams and we can, you know, shift it up a bit so that there is more balance. And so thank you, Julie or Jewel, it's J-U-L-E. Thank you for that answer, though. Very, very um, great answer and very insightful. 
And I want to continue to tell you, because we're going to go to break and then come back and, and continue on. I'll read, another, I'll read another name of a winner and we'll continue with Mika's story. But, um, but please do, in the meantime, go to Facebook, which is Illuminating Now. Please, after the show, start to engage Mika on any discussions and, um, and really create some dialogue that we can use because this is a two-part series. And Mika will be back next week. And so it's going to get deeper and more exciting to have the ability to have this conversation. So we are at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. We're here with our guest, Mika Douglas. And we are going to take a break and we will be right back. So stay tuned. Thanks. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a single parent trying to create the balance between home life and work life? You may be running a successful business, but how are your relationships with your family and children? If you're one of the thousands of people trying to juggle it all, tune in to Straight Up with Chris, real talk on business and parenthood, Hosted by Chris FSU. Chris is the portrait of the success story. Coming to the U.S. with no language skills, founding and growing several businesses while raising his daughter from age 7 to adulthood as a single dad. Listen every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest... Please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's l-i-n-z-i-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. 
Hi, we are back. This is Lindsay Levinson. I'm your host at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And we have our special guest, Mika Douglas on. We are going to continue with Mika's story. And I also told you that I'm going to continue to uh, roll out the names, the names of the individuals and their specific quoted answers on Facebook on the contest that we ran. And the contest asked a question, what stands in the way of your happiness or life fulfillment. It was, you know, is anything blocking you? That was essentially the discussion on the thread. The second winner, the second person that we were really um, moved by this individual's answer, his name is Ryan Gravador. So Ryan, I want to say thank you because here's what Ryan said. In our culture, as great as it is, there is still a lingering notion among many and often indirectly that your self-worth and value is dictated by how much is in your wallet. Thus, we judge each other every day. Money stands in their way. There can never be enough, mo money, mo problems, and many like to see others fail. Ryan, that's an awesome answer. And so I want to kind of ask us all, why is money such a determining factor for us in the U.S. to feel successful? Why do we know if we can say we make more or if we don't make enough, it's embarrassing? Why have we not realized that success and really what I'll call joy can happen when we detach from money? Because Ryan is exactly right. It can be all-consuming. And if you can always earn more money, then think about this. You're never able to be totally good enough if there's always another buck in the world to earn. So very, very significant answer. Thank you, Ryan, for that. I am not done rolling out names, people, so please stay tuned because as we roll through the show and get to the end of the show, you're going to hear more names announced, and it may be you. So stay tuned. Let's go back to Mika's story for right now. And Mika, you talk about Thailand. You talk about these warm gestures, putting love into action. I love it. I did love it when I was there. Um, But we're talking about the U.S. I mean, our listeners, so many of them reside in the U.S. and and think about what? You know, this all sounds really peachy, but you don't just leave the U.S. So tell me about that. Was it scary to leave the U.S.? and, And how did it actually happen? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I was really desire had a desire to change, and I was motivated by by that desire, and I was discovering in myself how to trust my instincts, and um, I remember a discussion that I had with my fiance about moving out of the country when I when I broached the subject, and I was really happy to uh, find out that we were both on the same page. We wanted more out of life. We agreed that, um, that chronologically we were getting older, but we were young in spirit, and we were up for the advan- adventure. Um, we had the strength and unity, and that just pushed me on. So, I mean, how do you make that decision, and how do you know where you'll go? Well, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, there were... <laughs> <laughs> there were three signs, actually, that led us to this answer. Okay. We were constantly now on the lookout for symbols in our life that um, kind of point to whether we're on the right path or uh, whether there's danger or whatever. Symbols like what? Well, the, the first one was um, 
at some point I had purchased a pair of skis and they were sitting in the corner of my apartment for months and I kept noticing these skis um, and the graphics on them. That, that was the reason that I bought them. Uh, it, they were beautiful flowers um, and, and a magenta color. And um, one day I picked them up finally and I was, I was inspecting the skis. And I found that the design were orchids from Thailand. And on the skis were written the national flower of Thailand. <laughs> I love it. So if if that's not enough, um, you know, another symbol came from an antique shop. I was on the hunt for a dresser set. And one day I found a perfect silver dresser set, a comb and a mirror and a brush. It had a silver backing. Um, it was highly ornate and engraved. And I bought this set. When I had it at home... Um, I was checking it out, and it came in a box, and it had a silver lining. Under the silver lining, there was an inscription that um, I translated eventually, and the transcription was crafted for Princess of Siam, 1916. And Siam, of course, is the old name for Thailand that changed um, in the 1930s. Wow. Wow. Okay. So there's two signs. So a third. Yeah. Um, the final, the final straw was um, my <laughs> husband was out on the balcony in our in Sacramento, uh, in our apartment, and I heard him talking with somebody. And when he came in, I asked him what was going on. Uh, he told me that he met our new neighbor. Um, the apartment was vacant as far as I knew and, um, and somebody had just moved in. So Poom is his name and he was from Thailand and he was coming to dinner the next day. <laughs> uh, as it turned out, Poom had a friend in the Thai embassy in New York and, uh, and Poom was able to get a special visas processed um, that allowed us to stay in the country for a year without um, without any hassle. So that was it. We were moving to Thailand. Um, <laughs> we could have convinced ourselves that all of this was a coincidence, but we followed our intuition and stuck to it. So what did you do then? Well, we decided to get rid of our stuff. Um, we couldn't afford to take all of our things to Thailand. And um, we also had a feeling that that um, you know these material possessions we we they were like an albatross around our neck, um, so we we decided to sell these things. And in the process of selling, we learned that our stuff really wasn't worth what we thought. <laughs> um, you know, it's another one of uh, those illusions, the, those um, those lies that we tell ourselves that somehow it puts us on a pedestal or makes us better people that our stuff is worth a million dollars and, you know, we, we're just happy-go-lucky. Right. But this, we, we discovered this wasn't true. And um, so we decided that, that we would give many of our things away. And we actually discovered that the joy of gifting was much more valuable than money. Um, we even gave one of the cars away to a recovering alcoholic. Aww. So at the, at the end of 
the, at the end of the day, we shipped um, 12 boxes to Thailand, which contained mostly our clothes and a few personal items. And we had about $7,000 to start a new life. So that could actually make sense to me for where the road I've traveled as I think about our listeners and I'm picturing them listening to you saying you're starting a life with $7,000 and oh, by the way, a few boxes, but pretty much all your things are gone. So isn't this scary? Aren't you afraid? Because, you know, when you you have a lot to say after you've lived in Thailand, but you hadn't gone there yet and you only have $7,000. Aren't you afraid? It didn't feel, it didn't feel like fear. Um, I'm sure that it crept in, um, but we were determined to change our lives, and this was the time to do it. So that's really bold, very gutsy, but it does come from a place within. These are epiphanies. These are revelations. These are moments in time where we just were stronger than we've ever been, and we're not even sure why. We just know it's a strength, and we've got to follow it. So I, I sense that in you. So what, what happens next? Well, I remember sitting on the floor um, with um, with a computer looking at Google Earth and, you know, we were trying to decide where are we going to go in Thailand. It's a big place. And um, yeah, I kept focusing on southern Thailand and this town called Hua Hin. And we certainly, you know, did a lot of research on lots of other places. Um, but I kept coming back to Hua Hin and I just wanted to go there. And, you know, again, intuition prevailed, and that was our destination. Um, so we, you know, we arrived in Bangkok. We stayed near the airport for a few days to rest up. Um, we grabbed a, a bus that took us to Wahin, and um, the, the bus driver didn't want us to take our dog on board. And we, somebody came to our assistance, we found out that 300 baht or $10 to the bus driver made everything okay. Um, <laughs> so one day we arrived in Wahin, you know, with, with uh, luggage in hand. And um, we stopped right in front of a Starbucks of all places. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we decided to sit outdoors and we used that as a base operation trying to find a, a hotel to stay in. And um, within a few hours, we were checked into a Holiday Inn right on the Gulf of Thailand, and uh, our little puppy, Barkley, was in a pet spa on the same grounds. Oh, my God. So that's so great. Okay, so you land. Starbucks becomes like, you know, the place to start working out all the logistics. But you did all this and you didn't have a hotel. You didn't, you were just really, you know, kind of paving your way in a real-time fashion without reservations and plans for Barkley the dog. And was it just a real-time plan being done very dynamically? Yeah, it was just a real-time plan. I, you know, I, I laughed to myself because this was really a point of contention. I was really insistent. I used to be a very analytical and planned person. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was fairly insistent that we not plan much of anything. I was believing that we had to live our words and continue to believe that our doors would open as we needed them to. You know, I, I took my watch off when we, left, um, when we left the U.S. And I have not put my watch back on again since then. Oh my gosh, that's a very, that's a large metaphor and, you know, it, it affects you literally, but what a metaphor for, 
for letting time stand still or for opening doors to any amount of time that you want. So as we talk about the doors opening, did they? Did doors open? Did revelations happen that allowed you to know where to go next? Yeah, yeah. Um, we were, you know, staying at the at the Holiday Inn. Of course, we we wanted to find a more permanent place to stay, and we were out on the outskirts of a small fishing village called Bangkwai, which translates into Water Buffalo Village. Um, <laughs> you know, the simplicity of this little place um, just spoke to me, and you know, I, this is where I wanted to live. This is, this is where we wanted to, to set up our, our house and to learn. And this learning happened because, um, we were the only foreigners in this village, uh, in the old village that spoke English. And so our communication and, and getting things that we want were about, communicating with pantomime and with drawings. We carry around uh, pads of paper and drew pictures of what we wanted. Um, so this, this was helping us to learn that the words are not going to get in our way. Um, you know, we had to live our, what, what our feelings were, and we learned a lot. Yeah, it, it sounds like it, and, and that kind of that kind of fishing town. And I mean, it, it sounds like you got people that wanted to help you, which was again the flavor of Thailand that I felt as well. That being the only one wasn't meaning outcast, but it was a reason for them to reach out. So, did they help you find a place and you know take you around and get you set up? Yeah, yeah. We eventually moved into um, to a two story, three bedroom Thai style house. <coughs> with a Thai kitchen, um, no air conditioning, no flush toilets. Um, all of this was the equivalent of $200 a month. Wow. $200 a month, but no flush toilets, Thai kitchen. Yeah. There, what well, there what was, do you do? There was a barrel in the bathrooms that, um, you know, you'd have to put a bucket of water in the toilet, you know, in order to flush it. And the Thai kitchen is outdoors, uh, typically outdoors, because the weather is pretty consistent, um, good weather all the time. Um, we used uh, fire rings and walks with propane tanks to cook. Um, cleanup was really pretty easy. You know, we could clean up with a hose. Um, <laughs> uh, so this was a huge step in detaching from our Western way of life, where everything needed to be perfect or near perfect. And by having an open mind um, and taking things as they came, it was a new adventure every day. You know, I, I remember that um, one of my favorite things was we, because of no air conditioning, we left the windows open all the time. And uh, after some time, the birds and the butterflies would fly into our house. Oh. And it gave me the feeling of being closer to nature. We had some mutual trust. Right. And you, you, you talked to me, I remember, about walking around the Gulf, staring out on the sea. Talk about that, because I remember you telling me that shortly after you moved there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I took daily walks along the beach. And um, one day I, I found myself staring, you know, out to, um, to, to, to emptiness. You know, it was just such a vast um, feeling that I got 
that how large this gulf was. I couldn't see the other side for sure. Um, and I realized or felt how insignificant I was. And this caused me to reflect and, and really put in order to things. Um, I was definitely not on top. And that's how I felt in the U.S. You know, I was striving to get on top. Um, I don't need to be on top. You know, I want to be, I want to be having a relationship with, with people and nature and, um, and I want to have a deep, meaningful one. So the revelation and the reality that you're, you know, almost insignificant in looking out in this vast, you know, walking on the Gulf and staring out in the sea and and thinking how small you are and then thinking, gosh, I'm so far from being anything like on top. But at this point, unlike the U.S., it was this, it, it, it sounds like it was a powerful feeling to understand I'm not on top, I don't need to be on top, and I'm looking at the world and I'm just taking it in. Like it's something very deep and meaningful rather than logistics and tacticals, which create our definitions of how to be on top. Is that yeah, true? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, at the same time, I, I looked at the sand, you know, I was, I was, I don't know, studying is the right word, but I remember seeing these minute creatures crawling in the sand and realizing that, that there was an order to things. I was someplace in the middle. Wow. Wow. There's so much, and, and there's a lot to, you know, there's more stories that I just want to understand. Some of these things really, I think, hit people, hit the listeners. And it's just, you know, every story is different for every person, but it takes a lot of bravery, a lot of courage. And yet, when you know what you've got to do, it's this weird empowerment that happens inside you where others think, you're so brave, but it's really what you've got to do. And I mean, it's turned out really well for you, and there's a lot to talk about on our next show which is the part two of this series and really getting into how not just, again, logistics, but how life gets easier and um, how people can truly love their lives. And I know that you have some Mika secrets that you're going to share on our next show about, A, what it really takes to love life abroad because there's so many things that seem like they go against us and, and, you know, the odds are against us with language or with money or with uh, understanding things. And so I think you're going to clarify some things that are really going to be meaningful for our listeners. And, and needless to say, you're going to talk more about your business in quite a bit of detail. So people understand options because options are, I mean, the exact options that you offer and that your business does put forth really will change someone's life if they take you up on it. Um, So what I want to do is make sure and move to a couple more contest winners. I want to take the time and make sure I do that because we're going to, as I said, be rolling through them on this show and the next show. So um, I want to thank Gary Loper. Gary, your answer was great. Here's what Gary said. Living your life for someone else who doesn't know or acknowledge the impact they have in our life, that's a problem. We all thrive on validation. It builds off self-esteem and confidence. Without it, a void is created, and we can't seem to lift ourselves up on our own. And then Gary says, find support people who will lift you up. What a great thing to say. That's great. And Gary, you make the critical point that we all need supportive people, people who validate us and who help build our self-esteem. 
because this is the only way we get to our potential. We have to believe in ourselves. We have to believe that we can do it. We have to believe that the risk is worth it. And then we have to step past the fear of so much that keeps us stunted in life. But if we give ourselves to other people in relationship and are taken for granted, then we end up losing hope because we're taken for granted. We can't really see our value because the other person in relationship doesn't see it. And that loses strength to be our best selves. So I just want to thank you. That's a really, really great point and really appreciate that you shared that with us. I'd like to name another additional person who contributed something really significant in this contest and in our dialogue and thread. Lou War. Lou War is the name of the person who gave this. And what he said is, blaming your lack of happiness or a full life on others is easy, but it ensures that negativity, bitterness, and envy rule you, not happiness. You must take personal responsibility for your own happy, full life. So I think Lou makes so much sense with this. This really called out to us as we um, took a look at these answers. And this one really called out because when he says we must take responsibility for our own life, how we create happiness, you know, that's just so true. He addresses how easy it is to blame others. And we do have a, a natural instinct to do that. And that will lead. Lou, you are right. It does lead to negativity and bitterness. And that, but let me just say, that's going to drive you further away from joy. So, you know, you can make your own life happen. It does not have to happen to you. And that's basically by designing some of your own rules. I want to also just go over some basic things that are always critical at the end of the show. I want to review I don't know when any of you tune in, so I will always try to make available for you the addresses. Facebook is at Illuminating Now. Twitter is at sign Illuminating Now. Qualityforlifecoaching.com. That's four words all together, no spaces. Please write me there if you want to. And if you'd like a 20-minute session by phone or Skype or in person, we can do that at no charge. And I'd love to talk through some of the things that are on your mind. And chiliretirement.com is what is the site that Mika and Bobby have created as a business, chiliretirement, all one word, dot com. So please take a look at those. And then as I have already mentioned, we will name the completion of the contest winners next week, but we have a new thread posted on Facebook. So please go there and please engage in a dialogue with Mika or myself. But Mika is an expert and has created a company and there's no charge through this forum. And there is a charge in life through different things, although they're extremely reasonable with what they have set up, and you're going to be excited to hear about it. But there's no charge on Facebook for you to engage Mika and talk to her and understand more about anything to do with traveling abroad, traveling at all, moving abroad, not liking your life, just questions. Um, Feel free, and I really encourage you to do so. Lindsay's life secret, happiness is reaching for what brings you joy, being in truth and finding joy. It is seeking your best self and growing every day. So don't mistake success, whatever we define it as, and don't mistake materials and definitely don't mistake the amount of money in your pocket for finding your bliss. Because guess what? You already have it. You already have your bliss, but it's inside you and it needs to be developed and it needs to be cultivated and it needs inspiration daily. And people like Mika 
and the guests I've had on this show throughout, you know, th- these are people who can inspire you to make great decisions and develop the bliss that you walk with. So I want to just say that the contest winners, because I don't want you to feel cheated that, you know, four did get named. We have more than four to name next week. So please continue and please listen to the show next week as well and stay tuned because they'll all, they'll all get read. And I think that the winners have really given some significant answers. I want to say next week, Mika will be on again. She will reveal the secret to living abroad and total joy, a great lifestyle, a way to do it. I so appreciate you, the listeners, taking time and choosing this show. You are busy. You take your time. And it means a lot. And it's really showing up. So we'll see you on Facebook. We'll look for you in dialogue. And we will really appreciate you tuning in again next week on the 16th of April. And I thank you all so much. Have a great, great week. And thank you, Mika. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Have a terrific week.